Welcome to our podcast Thursdays roundtable with Pastor Wes. What's up, you guys? Matt Downing. Hello, everyone. And this guy, me, McGinty. So glad that you guys tuned in to us for our podcast. Today, we're in for a special treat. We're going to be talking about famous movie quotes, famous people with famous quotes, and we're going to have a quiz. Matt Sprossel, he's going to challenge Wes and I to yeah, a famous kinda, person kinda quote. Not being in the, the I know you get to compete scene. this time. Uh, I'm, I'm a little different. intimidated, just a little I bit. Because I got beat so bad in the last one, I thought, hey, you know what? <laughs> Let me be the one to. <laughs> if I win, do I still have a job? I just that's oh, one of the important things. Sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so to make sure um, before I get I get kind of competitive, and if then he, if he loses, does he have a job? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not as our maybe not as our movie director. But. Hey, you know I'm good with that. Movie first Baptist. Well, after we get through the quiz, we're gonna talk about some famous movie quotes, and we're gonna evaluate are these wise or not. The world says, hey, these are wise quotes from movies. We're gonna evaluate are they wise or not based off of scripture. So, before we get into these uh, famous quotes, Matt, what is your favorite movie to quote? Uh, probably. Uh, I'd say probably Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a shock. I just I can't I have I a can't bad feeling about this. <laughs> right? Yeah. How, how many times do you call someone a scruffy-looking nerf herder? Uh, you know, I, I don't think I quote Star Wars that much. Even though I'm a fan, I enjoy. I'm not like the same level of fandom I think as you guys. Oh, right? wait a minute. I, yeah. I know what it is. You throw out the it's a trap. It's a trap. I say that a lot. He does say that a lot. It's a trap. Yeah, I I definitely quote that one. I think my favorite movie I enjoy quoting is probably Nacho Libre. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Nacho Libre, you know. Get that corn out of my face. (laughs) Get that corn out of my face. Yeah. The Lord's cheap. There's so many good quotes in that movie. You want to know something? I've never seen that movie. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, you know. We got to do it. Yeah, that's what we need to do for our next uh, staff at uh, social gathering. <laughs> Nacho Libre. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, when I saw that question, I thought it was funny. My mind went two ways because I thought, well, that totally depends because there's some movies you quote for the purpose of like f- funny. Mm-hmm. And right. and then there's movies you quote for the purpose of like inspiration. So right. I would say this, if probably a movie that I think of inspiration kind of quotes that I Maybe I don't say them out loud, but I think to myself, Lord of the Rings. They're just oh, so sure. many. Yeah. And I think that's part of the game here in a minute. But um, but as far as like just going through life and, and something happens and you think of a movie quote to throw with it, this is gonna y'all will know this, but this may sound crazy to all of you listeners. UHF. Oh. The Weird Al movie UHF. Supplies. You know, I mean uh <laughs> City, Spatula City. Oh. Just, there's so everything in that movie. And probably that was Badges? Uh, we don't need no stinking badges. But no, it's, no, badgers. it's badgers. Yeah, I know. The original was badgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Badgers. We saw that as high school guys and just quoted it all the time. That's probably just why it's ingrained. So I, I think of a lot of UHF. As shocking as that is, because I'm not generally like if you look at the movies on my shelf, there's not a lot of comedies in there, but sure. Uh, yeah, UHF man. I have that. I have the Japanese VHS version of that <laughs> in my closet somewhere. <laughs> oh, Probably great. should stay in the closet. Just leave it. <laughs> no jokes there. All right, um, Matt, bring yep. the heat, man. What, what, what we got? All right, so we're gonna do a game called Wise Words, and I'm putting on my wise glasses in here. So, um, oh, you wrote I wanna, it out. Matt yeah. does not need this to read at all. <laughs> what like, I'm gonna do <laughs> is I'm gonna give a quote. I'm gonna give you guys three options, and you have to choose. Who said this? So these are these are like from uh, TV shows, movies. Um, so some of these some of these characters you may or may not have heard of, uh, source cultural references. But um, I can explain as we go. So All right. here we go. First one: How lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye 
so hard. Mm-hmm. So who said this? Let me give you three options. Kimmy Schmidt. There's like a, a show of the life and times of Kimmy Schmidt. Okay. Uh, Winnie the Pooh or Andy Bernard, character from The Office. Uh, How lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. I'm going to lock in my answer for Winnie the Pooh. Um, I don't know that I really know, so we're going to go with Andy. It sounds like Andy. a Poohism. It is a Poohism. Yeah, really? yeah. All right. I didn't do it in the Winnie the Pooh voice because my Winnie Does the Pooh Winnie voice the is not Pooh that good. Say so. that? Yeah. Wow, that just to me didn't sound like yeah. something Pooh would say, something Christopher <laughs> Robin might say. But. Right. It seems a little too wise for Pooh. Yeah, yeah. It seems a little too. Art- <laughs> there's a little too much eloquence for Pooh. He has his moments. Yeah, he yeah. does. All yes. right, next question. Here we go. Wow. If you want to know what a man is like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. Mm. Was that um, Sirius Black? That's a character from uh, Harry Potter. Uh, Gandalf or Dumbledore, another Harry Potter oh. character. Shade, I've, I've never. If you want to know what a man is like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. I'm going to go Sirius Black. I'm going to go Gandalf. No, wait, it, Dumbledore. The answer is Sirius Black. Oh, yeah. right. See, I was going to Sirius Black first, but you know. Yeah, I know you weren't. Okay. Tied it up. Next Whoa, question. Here we go. <laughs> That's the alien sound. I meant to put the. Sounds like unsolved mysteries. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Losing people is a part of life, but that doesn't mean you stop letting them in. Okay. So your choices are uh, 12th Doctor. Um, you guys. As in like Doctor Who? As in Doctor Who, Doctor yeah. Doctor Who. Uh, the 11th Doctor. Oh, good. Uh, Doctor Who. Because <laughs> I could totally tell the difference. Or <laughs> Batman from uh, the, the Lego Batman. Okay. Uh, losing people is a part of life, but that doesn't mean you stop letting them in. Who said uh, that? I'm going to go Lego Batman. Locking in my okay, answer, Lego 100% Batman. 100% Lego Batman. The answer is Lego Batman. All right. Yeah, you guys I are equal. <laughs> All right. You can handle anything for 10 seconds. That's the quote. You can handle anything for 10 seconds. Is that A, Kimmy Schmidt, B, Dwight Schrute, or C, Andy Bernard? Dwight Schrute's from The Office I'll go, as well. I'll, I'll go Dwight. I, 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 I got to go, go Dwight, too, on that. The answer is Kimmy Schmidt. No. You both are wrong. You're still, oh, you're still tied. <laughs> you're still tied. Look next, next quote. It does not do well to dwell on dreams and mm. forget to live. It does not do well to dwell on dreams and forget to live. That's a good quote. Was that um, the 12th Doctor? Was that Gandalf? Or was that Dumbledore? See, I, I'm, I don't have, if it sounds like something I've never heard before, I might go with the 12th Doctor, but I'm going to go Dumbledore on this one. How about you, Wes? Read the quote one more time. It does not do well to dwell on dreams and forget to live. I need some filler sound there. I'm going to go. Oh. Why not? I'll go, to, I'll go to the doctor. It is Dumbledore. Yeah, All that's right. what I thought. I should have right. stuck to my guess. We got two more, two more. <laughs> so hang with me here. Okay. I wish there was a way to know. You're in the good old days before you actually left them. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you actually left them. Is that Kimmy Schmidt? Is that Andy Bernard from The Office? Or is that Willy Wonka? I'm going to go Kimmy Schmidt. I'll go Andy. The answer is Andy. No! Man, we're talking. Andy's coming down to the last wire. There you go. go. How many more questions do we have? There's one more. What? The tiebreaker here. So, y'all ready? I I don't know. Let's go. Let's do it. 
I think you guys are both going to get this one. <laughs> Do you have a tiebreaker? Many that live deserve death, and some that die deserve life. Can you give it to them? Then do not be too eager to de- to deal out death in judgment. Was that the twelfth Doctor? Was that Dumbledore, or was that Gandalf? That's Gandalf. It's one hundred percent Gandalf. Yeah. Ah, uh, you guys are both tied. Oh, hey, no winner here. Set oh, we're Frodo both winners. And the mind. Yeah. man, if only I'd stuck with Dumbledore. It's uh, mm. okay. It's all, all right. right. Good job, guys. Good Thank job. you. That was, a, that was a good quiz. Yeah. Um, well, now. Hey, we, yes, we thought it'd be, we thought we thought it'd be fun today. the The reality is. Um, uh, we we definitely live in an entertainment culture, and there's a lot of uh, I think uh, cultural ideas, uh, various truths, things like that, that um, that we really we, we pull out of pull out of movies, pull out of shows. Um, sometimes you're watching a movie. I certainly I, I love movies, and sometimes you watch a movie and you go, oh my oh my goodness, like that's part of why I love Lord of the Rings is. Over the years, I've gone back and watched. You're like, holy smokes! That that's actually oh, like, sermon quote. Sermon quote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a yeah. I've totally used some Lord of the Rings for sermon quotes before. Um, that man, that that's that's just another way of unpacking a, a biblical truth, and and they probably didn't realize it because they don't know the Lord. But um, so we, just, we thought it'd be fun today to, to work through some some famous movie quotes and and linger on some, move quickly through others, but say, hey, what what here's true. Or, or what here's not true and is therefore dangerous because um, so it's kind of weed through it. So a little bit of a different deal as we talk about wisdom and uh, how wisdom is packaged. So uh, Matt, you wanna you wanna read us off quote number one here? Yeah, quote number one. You'll recognize this, but I'm not gonna do the voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, the past can hurt, but you can either run from it or learn from it. That's from Rafiki. Rafiki. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, and the Lion I mean, like King. guest mode. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Rafiki from The Lion King. All right. So, yeah, man. I uh, mean, I think that's a pretty, pretty pragmatic kind of quote there. Uh, sure. You can, you can spend your life. The past absolutely can hurt. Yeah. Hurts hurt. And and that's when he takes his big stick and. and I think and, about uh, the Apostle Paul's quote. Like I put, I leave my past behind me. Yeah. And pursuing Christ in front of me, mm-hmm. what he has for me, and uh, that's a, that's not a great quote. Because I'm not quoting it exactly, <laughs> but I think you get the reference. So yeah. maybe Wes yeah. can help me out on that quote a little no, more accurately. I mean, but I think it presents, is, you know, scripture. Scripture is clear about there. That in scripture, especially you think about our salvation and sanctification, the process of growing in Christ. The idea is that we're we're growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea is that there there, in theory, our past should be where the majority of mess up is because you're you're learning by the Holy Spirit's leading in God's grace and growing. And yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. The value is past hurts. Yeah, and you you can either, you can do one of, you can do really probably one of one of uh of what really I probably one of two things. He probably knows it. Two things. You, you can either run from it, numb yourself to it, act like it's not there, run True. away from it, not chase it, or you can stare it down, work through it, heal where you need to heal, grow where you need to grow, and come out the better for it. That's good. I think the flip side of that too is um, don't don't live there. Like, yeah. Learn learn from it, and yep. then you know. Take the lessons and and move on because you got to live in the now and the future. I remember, you know, you remember certain things that someone said to you in the past that really impactful. And I remember being, I think I was a sophomore in high school playing tennis, and I just kept beating myself up over mistakes I'd make, every little mistake, just really self-competitive. And an older guy who was kind of a mentor to me, he just said, and he was on the team, said, listen, McGinty, it's okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to not learn from them. Yeah. And that was, a, that was very freeing for me because I felt like, okay, if I'm growing – if I'm learning, if I'm getting better, if I'm improving, then these little mistakes I'm getting hung up over, those are just speed bumps. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. So. Yeah. So there, there's there's some good truth there. You can tie to some stuff. I don't necessarily know that it's like a requote of something from scripture, but there's it's it's pretty pragmatic truth of life. Yeah. True. Past hurts. You can either run from it or learn from it. The gospel according to Rafiki. And then uh, Matt, we got a quote here that I think you'll really appreciate. Do or do not. There is no try. No, you got to do the other voice. No, you're going to do the other verse. Do or do not. There is no try. That's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, what do y'all think? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've actually, I've, I've, I've quoted that throughout the years. Like, just do this. You think you that's know? your most quoted movie reference in a... In Star Wars? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't be that. It's an easy one to quote. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, you know, you think about scripture references to this, and um, James kind of comes to mind too. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Or is it? That's James, right? That's Jesus, but James, James, it's a lot of be stuff he of talks word. about. Yeah, doers, be doers of, sorry. of the word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, what you're say what you mean and do it. Yeah. And context help because obviously in the movie when Yoda says that it's. And it's kind of a rebuke of ah, maybe I can, maybe I can't. Look, look stop, stop this wishy washiness. Either either do it or yeah. don't do it. Yeah, yeah. decide but don't, don't to do sit it. Sit here and, and be wishy washy and, right. and play the middle. And I think that's where you can apply that truth in our life as believers is with all things. Like, look, follow Christ or don't follow Christ. But but don't sit here and play wishy washy in the middle. Uh, if Jesus says it, and that's true for all of us, there's things Jesus says that then we can kind of get. Well, is it? Look, if Jesus said it, act like he said it. Yeah, think on it. I think do especially it. with uh, with sharing your faith. You know, so many yeah. people are just like, uh, you know, and reluctant to do it. What are they going to say? What are they going to just do it? Like we're yeah. commanded to do it. Just, just say it and let, because yeah. you, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, they may totally reject you or they may actually receive it. Yeah. So it's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. And you put one from Ferris Bueller on here. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. That sounds like everything every parent has ever said. Oh man, the day the days are long, but the years are fast. Right? You know, it it's so true, especially as parents. You feel like, oh man, your kids are younger. Feels like every moment really stands out a lot. And life gets hurried and more busy, and you get more Uh kids. And like this year, it's Christmas already. When did that happen? Like, how is this year almost over again? Hold up, McGinty. It's it's Thanksgiving. (laughs) <laughs> hey, as a church, we're already in Christmas mode. Like all our promotional stuff, all our events are all like Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Let's yeah, was what I hear the other day. Christmas starts on November first, and we take two days off for Thanksgiving. Yeah, That's yeah, pretty Christmas. much. I'm I mean, curious in the comments. Uh, let us know if you've already started decorating your house. I'm curious. I know some who have. Yeah, but for some. <laughs> You know, it takes two months to decorate their house because they just, they, they are all in for Christmas. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, Jenny Smith, I'm talking about you. You do Christmas and you do Christmas 100% well done. So. Hey, here's, here's, I, th- I think simply here, th- this is one of those quotes are probably in the context uh, of, of the movie. Um, and I, I don't know if I've ever, I've probably only seen clips, but you know, taking a day off of school and being irresponsible and running around doing this. Yeah. Probably not a scriptural idea at all. Actually, not Probably not. <laughs> no. Not at all. But in the context of scripture does talk about a lot about time and the fact that time does move quickly. And then you think of the psalmist, Lord, teach me to number my days. Yeah. Uh, you think about um, Ecclesiastes. Yeah, I was going to say Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Everything's hebel, yeah. hebel, string of the wind. Yeah. You think about um, oh, it's, uh, it's either Galatians or Ephesians. Um where, uh, Lord, that we may, you know, help us use the time, n- numbering the days, use the time with wisdom. There's clearly this idea all throughout Scripture that, yeah, our life are but a blip, but a breath, but yeah. a vapor. Here one day, gone the next, and there 
And and the reality is all of us only get one shot at this life. Right. Yeah. You only get one shot. The Lord's the Lord's written the days ordained for us in his book. There, and so there is a reality to which we can get, especially I think here in the States, where there are so many opportunities to, and it doesn't mean that every distraction is necessarily a bad thing, but there, there just are just so many things to get wrapped up in and distracted with. Mm-hmm. Hurry sickness and busy mm-hmm. and moving and this and that, and then all of a sudden you wake up and you go, holy smokes, where... Where'd the time go by? What's happened? What's in, yeah. and, and not making that mistake. And whether you're young, whether you're old, just wherever you're at going, Lord, exactly what someone says, teach me to number my days. Give me wisdom how to use the time to redeem the days because it does move fast. It does. It is but a vapor. And it's hard it, to sometimes step back and just kind of soak in certain moments and just yeah. really you know, consider and ponder the ramifications and the implications and to be thankful about that too mm-hmm. for what God's given to you because he's just going to get into task mode, doing, doing, doing. And, and that's an interesting thing to bring up too. Just not the idea of Lord, give me wisdom how to use my time, but the fact, hey, in in let me move with a pace where I can truly enjoy the blessing of moments God's given, and that makes instantly made me think of Jesus does that. Mm-hmm. Think about the Last Supper. I, I have I have looked forward to having this with you. There there was an an enthusiasm in the person of Christ towards enjoying that moment and 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 seeing mm-hmm. the most come out of that moment. Um, yeah, so so while I I don't know that the quote here, Matt, Matt, you can toss anything you've got. I don't know if the quote here is necessarily a super scriptural thing. It does certainly, if if we're gonna go there, remind us of oh, scripture. Has a lot to say about how we use our time. Sure, sure. you know the men's ministry is gonna be starting. I think they've already started a new series, uh, the ruthless elimination of hurry by Mark Comer. Uh, excellent, excellent series. We did with the young adults on Right Now Media as part of our spring retreat in some ways to kind of kick it off, and. Um, and talk about spiritual disciplines and that kind of thing. It, I would highly recommend checking it out on Right Out Media. If you don't have access to it, we'll hook you up. Go to our All website. Right. All right, Matt, why don't you drop number four? I know that's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. All right. Uh, Sarcasm. This is, this is from the uh, the notebook. And uh, are we really quoting the notebook? Okay. Hey, it's a cultural icon. Uh, okay. People. The best love is the kind that awakens the soul and makes us reach for more, that plants a fire in our hearts and brings peace to our minds. And that's what you've given me. That's what I'd hope to give you forever. Oh, my gosh. Forever. Am I reading a Hallmark card? Like, what is this? <laughs> uh, we may have just lost our female audience. Yeah. Um, or maybe we've gained it. Who knows? Ladies, what do you what do y'all think? So, now, here's, here's what's interesting. That, that quote can stand in for probably a lot of other really lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey, hyper-emotional quotes. And and on one hand, by no means do we, I don't, I don't think Scripture diminishes or takes away the idea of, a romantic love, but that's not sure. ever really the focus of love in scripture. And mm-hmm. uh, we've looked at this on some Wednesday nights, even in the, even in the first century, that quote would have been nonsense to most married couples. Like yep. that's just mm-hmm. not how, how, and, and I think we live in a day and age where the reason those kind of quotes are popular is because we've made love this, this, in, it's infatuation, thing to be yeah. it's this feeling yeah. of infatuation with another person. And, and the danger of that is infatuation doesn't last Nope. It's impossible to forever be infatuated. I guess maybe other than infatuated with your own self. Uh, that seems to, to stick around a little harder for most of us. Unfortunately. Um, but uh yeah, there's there's some there's some real danger in quotes like that when you know you're 
five years into marriage and you married your college sweetheart and once you were infatuated, and now you just don't feel that spark. Oh no, what's wrong? Oh no, what's... Well, it could be that you're not working hard at loving each other. It could be you just aren't getting enough sleep. It could yeah. there could be a lot of reasons you're not Life. feeling the spark, yeah. but that's net feeling the spark's never been the definition of love. And I, not only do I think that hurts and y'all, uh, marriage relationships, dating relationships. I also think that creeps in. If we're honest, a lot of times that creeps into how we love and relate to the Lord. Yeah. Is man, it's, it's what's the switch. So I'm, I'm on fire when you're near me. Yeah. Oh man, Lord, I'm on fire when there's this emotion, but when that emotion wanes, yeah. We seem to to wane in our love because we we've taken this idea of love as being more of this infatuation. Oh sure, that's why there's been so many issues with evangelicalism in the past where we've made emotional appeals for the gospel. We made strong. I mean, yeah, there's something emotional about recognizing what Christ has done for you, but we're, you know, we make a primarily an emotional appeal for joining Christ into following Him into submitting to Him. and maybe not even using that kind of language. And when that emotion is gone, well, where's the, what has the decision to stand on? Well, that, and a relationship with, with Christ is similar in the fact that it takes discipline. It takes work, you yeah. know, uh, Which daily. Which so appealing, it's, right? It's <laughs> dying to self, you know, and that's, that's what marriage is. And that's, that's what love is. I mean, it is, it, it's work and it's dying to self each and every day. Yeah. Uh, whether the feelings there or not. Yeah, you just you gotta do it. I, I I tell couples when I do premarital, I, I'll tell them, look, don't make mistakes. Marriage is hard work. Yeah, yeah. Now don't misunderstand; it's good work. Yeah, like it is worth it. It's like, but doing, it's hard work. It's like working on your lawn or something like that. Like it might be hard work, but like you have something tangible to see as a result. Like, hey, it looks better now. You can enjoy your lawn, right? And so, like working on your marriage results in more joy because you put the effort in then you actually have a relationship you really can enjoy. Yeah. It's like, hey, my wife and I, we look forward to date night. Yeah. You know, like, hey, we actually have some quiet time to have a conversation about kids interrupting us every five seconds and just maybe play a game of Sushi Go at Panera Bread, you know? Uh, sushi Go. Oh, dude, man. That game is so much fun. I love it. Wow. You lost me. Yeah. Did you, I highly recommend hey, here, it. Here's another aspect of this quote before we, before we jump forward to the best kind of love is love that awakens the soul. Here's the other reality. We live in a culture where we are looking for another human. Mm-hmm. to give us the love that awakens the soul. Oh, sure. But here's what the gospel message really teaches. There is no human. You will, you will never, I, I don't care who you are, and I don't care what other human you're looking for that kind of love or affirmation from in order to awaken your soul, to bring you to life. There is no human that can do that. So if you're a believer and you've bought in, and, 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 and all of us probably carry more of these ideas than we think. Listen, oh, my, sure. you my, complete me. Yeah. No, there's, you there's don't. There's a movie quote. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> my wife yeah, cannot hello. awaken my soul. Yeah. If you're out there and you're single and you've, you've got the longing for marriage, there's nothing wrong with the longing for marriage. It's a good longing. It's 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 something God created. But if if that longing is I'm I'm looking for that person to complete me to it, it doesn't happen. There's only one person's love. Yeah. That can awaken the soul. And I think and all, that's the love of Christ, sure. which has been expressed in the cross by dying the death we all deserve as sinners. Yeah. And and the only way to really know that kind of fulfillment of love is to know Christ. It's interesting. You think about uh, Ephesians 3 when he says, I, I pray that you may know um, what is the height and depth and breadth and what the love of God that is for you in Christ Jesus. It's basically, I pray that you know the magnitude of God's love. And then he makes a statement, so that you may be filled with the fullness of him, mm-hmm. which seems to imply the more that we understand 
and really comprehend the, the height, the depth, the magnitude of the love of God for us in Christ Jesus. You want to know the fullness of God in relationship with him? It's going to come as you really understand and grow in that. And so uh, just to be clear on here, this has also implications horizontally in the way we relate to God, but also understand there is a love that can awaken the soul. Yeah. But it's but but it's only found in Christ and 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 coming to faith in Him. A lot of it has to do how we define soul, how, how Scripture defines the soul, and it's like the yeah. very essence of who we are. Whereas a lot of times people use the word soul kind of flippantly, like yeah, it awakens the soul, like it just gives me the gives me the feels. Yeah, you know, like they're using yeah. a very kind of cheap sort of throwaway substitute for just makes you feel really good. Yeah. And we like to take it to the next level and say, listen, there's only one person, like you said, yeah. that can truly complete you in the deepest parts of who you are. All right, we, we, got, we got a couple shorter ones here, so why don't we, why don't we kind of rapid fire a couple of these? It. Hit them. So, uh, every man dies, not every man really lives. Braveheart quote, mm-hmm. William Wallace. That's, uh, good. That's a quality one. You know, I think when you think about that and you go, well, what what of that would what what truth of there could could come with scripture? Well, scripture's pretty clear. We've all we, we've all got a date with with death, uh, and um, if, if you don't know Christ, then then the big pill is. No, come to know him because that, that's this only shot you've got. Yeah, there's only one that gives abundant life. Yeah, and, and that's that's my. And then I think as a believer, all of us as believers are, are going to experience physical death. Yeah, and we got one shot in this life to live out the faith and that we found in Christ. Um, we got one shot to live it out. So man, seize it. I, I guess that kind of takes us to quote seven. Carpe diem. Seize the days, boys. Make your lives extraordinary. Dead poet society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, much related to grab, that. Grab the moment. And or get busy living or get busy dying from Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Yep. That's, yeah. Those are very much relatable and kind of in the same vein of things for sure. Um, the quote that I think is kind of fascinating here, and those kind of all relate to each other. This is from Captain America. This is not Captain America saying this. this is from Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Black Widow says this in a really interesting conversation. She says, the truth is a matter of circumstances. It's not all things to all people all the time. And Captain America's response was? Yeah, he basically looks at her and he says, that, that's, that's, that's got to be a really tough way to live. Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about it. I mean, and in fact, I had this really interesting conversation with just somebody the other day who wants to learn how to share the gospel with people. So I said, let's do some role play here. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not going to go easy on you. I'm going to play the devil's advocate. I'll be the person that's asking the tough questions. And you kind of see if you can convince yeah. me. And we started talking about different social issues and whatnot. And I just basically kept asking, well, this is just how I feel about things. And this is what it is. And started using exceptions for the rule. And um, I said, the truth, here's the deal. People like to use exceptions to justify and make a rule, but no one actually operates that way. You know, you don't think, hey, you don't look at your weather app and go, hey, it's 99% chance rain today and it's going to be freezing. I'm going to wear shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. Maybe for me, you would. Yeah, you probably would. <laughs> I probably would because I'm hot natured, but you would dress warm. You're not going to go, hey, there's a 1% chance it won't rain. So I'm going to wear shorts and it's a small chance it might be warm. Who knows? No, we yeah. don't operate exceptions. We operate according to what will most likely happen, what tends to be true. Well, and ultimately, this this is straight up a quote of of the cultural. Um, it's my truth. The cultural movement. Exactly. It's it's, it's relativism. It's yeah. hey, truth. There is no absolute truth. There is no objective absolute truth. So Living it's a, it's truth. a matter of circumstance. It's a matter of your community. It's a matter of it's not something that's true for all people at all times. Which is that is that is the False. name of the game in society today. Yeah. Yeah. But but pragmatically, nobody lives like that. Sure. 
Nobody does. Right? Like, you don't go outside going, well, gravity's your truth, not my truth. So if I walk out, I'm going to float away. No, we all know if you walk, if you if you jump and stumble, you're going to fall. Why gravity? Because yeah. it's objective. It's true. It doesn't depend on you or me. Um, we all know if if you go to the water park in the summer and spend all day outside and don't put on sunscreen, there's a high likelihood your skin's going to be fried to a crisp. Why? Because there's a thing called a sunburn. It doesn't matter if you believe it's true or not. Yeah. It, the, you know, we don't pragmatically live like that, but we sure like to throw that out when it comes to our own personal morals. For sure. And, yeah. You know, one, there's a phrase, I don't know who phrased it this way. So there's this idea of there being a, a moral grain to the universe. And just like there's physical laws like gravity and what have you, laws of entropy, when you go against those and you try to fight against reality, like it doesn't end well for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And just when we go against the grain of the moral fabric of the universe, it doesn't behoove us. There's a reason why God says this is a right way to live because it's honoring to him, but mostly because he loves us and wants what's best for us. And when we go against what's best, it doesn't serve us well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a, that was because I love that movie, but it's a great little conversation between the two of them. Yeah, and and both of them kind of picture Captain America pictures the belief in absolute objective truth, stand mm-hmm. your ground, know what's right, do the right thing, and she pictures more of the the cultural. Well, I'm going to adapt and change to what the scenario She's a situation is around me, and what, yeah, whatever works, and um, you know, there's there's some real some real danger there. Well, I think so many people base their truth on what's popular. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. Boy, it's not just feelings, but it's like, you know, this is this is what's accepted right now. This is, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon, and yeah. this is my truth, too, because so many people believe that way. And it's like, you know, the, as we adhere to Scripture, the the only basis for absolute moral truth is God's Word. And yeah. there it, it is absolute truth, true for all people, all places, at all times, whether you yeah. whether you agree with it or not. It's still the truth, and you yeah. can um, you can go with what's popular, or you can go with what's right. And what's right is what's going to endure and what's going to be eternal. And so, that, it, it's hard as a Christ follower in this culture to stand up for truth because it's not popular. Sure. Um, the what what God's word with a lot of people, it, what God's word says with a lot of people, it's not popular. It's it it seems. Um, you know, it, it, to some, it may seem like that's that's just too hard or that's too harsh. Yeah, it's like, but but it's true and it's it's right, and we're called to live by it. And um, the regardless over- of what culture thinks, true. The Overton window is an incredibly deceptive thing. You know, just because society accepts it or it's now bec- things have shifted to what people are okay with, it really gives you a false sense of what's acceptable. Oh, you, for sure. you you live in it. It's the cold. It's like asking a fish, "What's water like?" Well, I, I don't know. I'm just used to it. We, if you swim in the the cultural waters, it's so easy to kind of go. Well, everyone's kind of good with this. Why is this wrong again? And yeah. it, it's it's really hard not to kind of succumb to that, uh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, as we go through here, let's let's jump to number ten. I love number ten. Let's um, do it, Matt. You want you want to read us number sure. ten? Sure. And I'm not doing the voice on this either, but um, <laughs> nobody is. This is from Rocky. Um, so you cue your best Rocky impersonation. Nobody's going to hit as hard as life, but it ain't how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. It's how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. I love it. I remember the first time I ever heard it when I watched that movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. It's a great because here, here's instantly. I remember the first time here. Here's where this. Here's what this made me think of biblically. Um, it makes me think of the 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 the, the 
spiritual warfare that we engage in every day. Sure. Temptation. It, it makes me think of, um, and it picks up on this idea, right? Like Rocky's idea is like, you don't win because you get up and you're the hardest hit. You, you win because you're able to endure. Yeah. That's, and that's the theme for all those movies, by the way. If you watch, maybe not Rocky 5, How but if you watch the soul. other ones, it's <laughs> yeah. the idea, right? Because Rocky won, he, he doesn't win. He yeah. just goes the distance. Yeah. He endures. He um, and there's this idea that it, when you when uh, and I did there's in scripture when you think about uh, what what God says in First Corinthians ten and no temptations overtaken you except what's common to man so no no one's been tempted by something that's not normal for being a human sure so no one go I, I'm the only person that's ever been tempted no you're not like uh, yeah no temptations overtaken you other than what's common to man I said but there there but God God is faithful. So you're not fighting temptation on your own. You have God backing you, and He will provide a way out, a way of escape in Christ Jesus. And then it's this 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 little line that says, "So you will be able to endure." Mm-hmm. And I think about sometimes, and of course, I heard that I watched that movie when I was a teenager. So at that time, my context was a lot of things I'd heard at like a camp or, or different little different little things uh, here or there from a speaker, this speaker, that. And I think sometimes. Things are presented like, hey, you as the Christian, God's backing up the Holy Spirit inside of you. You know, you're gonna you're gonna kind of put up the since we're into movies, you're gonna put up the Lord of the Rings, Gandalf, you shall not pass, and you're gonna you're gonna make this one big stand and then you're gonna never face that temptation again. And sometimes we give that impression mm-hmm. and that is so damaging because here's the reality. There is nothing, even last night, walking through the life of Christ, and we looked at the temptation of Jesus, and it says in Luke, and Satan left him until an opportune time. Mm -hmm. It says that Jesus endured every temptation, and Satan left him until an opportune time, meaning that here's the real reality. Scripture does say, we're going to look at it Sunday, resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. Um, But resisting the devil is not going to be just a one time put your line in the sand boom i've never faced that temptation i've got so i'm gonna feel this pull towards lust i feel this pull towards immorality i feel this pull towards and i'm going to say no one time and it's never no that that's not actually the path of what we see spiritual battle is you knowing who you are in christ putting on the armor of god it's you understanding god is faithful it's you holding digging the, the the shoes of the gospel of peace into the ground holding up that shield of faith letting the missiles hit for as long as the enemy's going to shoot them but you being secure because of god's faithfulness in christ jesus you've got a means not to succumb to the missile but it may involve you enduring saying no to that temptation over and over and over but and over. It's a war. And over. I mean, it's 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 a war and it's a process. And sometimes we think it's just a battle. Yeah. Like and once I f- complete this battle, then it's done. But no, it's a process. A lot of things are in continual places of having to work through. And what I like to tell people too is that as you fight, as the Holy Spirit works through you, the fight should get easier in particular areas. You know, because that's where He's going to be growing and working on you. But you have to push through it. And I think part of this quote. You know, I think we look at it from a Christian perspective and go, yes, we can keep moving forward. We can take these hits through the power of Christ. If we're looking at it purely from a secular vantage point, then it kind of denotes that pull yourself up from your bootstraps kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I can do it. I can, yeah. in my own strength, I'm just going to keep taking the hits and boom, I've got this. You know, to some extent, like, we need to have endurance, but that endurance comes from the work of Christ. Absolutely. Well, and as believers, that with that endurance, we we have something we're working towards. Like we exactly we're working. We know that this is not eternal. What what we're the trials that we're going through. That you know there will be a day where it will be past it. We'll be done with it. And the fact that uh, we can fight through it with Christ's help. But for for the non-believer, um, 
you know, how hopeless, you know, to yeah. know that how, how, how often do I have to keep getting up and keep getting hit and falling down? Like, what's the point of this? And for mm-hmm. believers, we know that there is a point to this, you know, Christ tells, uh, we can, we can take those trials and, and take what we've talking in James, you know, trials and temptations and be considered pure joy when you face those, because you know that it's testing your faith and you know, you're, you're, you're getting to share in the sufferings of Christ. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, so not only are we moving towards a goal, but, but actively as by God's faithfulness, the power of the Holy Spirit within me, by God's grace, we endure. You're not alone. Uh, we're not alone. And God is actually taking that in that endurance. It's not just, it's not just us enduring, moving closer to the finish line, but as we endure, God is actually actively transforming us and refining us and strengthening mm-hmm. and purifying as, I mean, it's incredible the hope that is there. Sure. And, and so if you're out there today and you realize, man, I, I'm a believer, I know Christ by grace through faith, I've come to saving faith in him. And I, and I, and I seem to have this throughout is all of us, there are going to be some temptations in our life towards sin that gradually we grow out of as we, as we endure. There's going to be some things based on how we're wired where there's, there may be a bruise always this side of heaven that sometimes we, we can see the attack coming and we boom. And sometimes and the enemy's always looking for creative and new ways sure. to hit that bruise, to punch that weak spot, to take our greatest strengths, which can easily become prideful that we don't realize and make it our great. And there's going to be some things that maybe it's, it's a lifetime of always having to stand against, but it's not because you're necessarily doing temptations, not a sign you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, but it's not just because you're being tempted. Tempted is because you got a real enemy. Yeah. Sure. And the hope, the thing that this quote reminds me of, because God is faithful, I can say no continually and endure. I had another thought about that. Um, in Second Corinthians, I think, uh, where Paul talks about how the Spirit comforts us in our weakness, and then he does that so that we can then go and we can we yes. can encourage others. And yeah. you know, I think about Rocky and how eventually uh, was it was it Rocky Five where he becomes kind of the trainer. Well, and then uh, you got the Creed movies where literally he yeah. becomes the mentor to yeah yeah to and Creed. Creed, yeah. yeah. And so I think about it that way and think that um, as we're going through these things, that hey, you know, one day God in growing us, God is going to use me to be able to yeah. share my struggle or to share what I've been through with someone who who needs it. And um, man, hey, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. and in Rocky Five, I mean, he actually has to fight <laughs> yeah, his right, mentor yeah. and like in a street, which actually is one of the coolest like fights because they actually get like street fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Rocky yeah. Balboa actually like does like a sideswipe kick, like it goes like almost MMA style. I think just in that rem- reminding yourself that um, even though this is really hard, you're going to get through it, and that one day God's going to use you in your story um, to to yeah. help. Uh, and I, you know, as I work with students, and I see so many of our workers uh, who do such a great job, um, but because they've they've lived life and they've been through those same things that our students have been through. Um, and, and yes, it was a while back, but you know, there's just a wisdom that comes with um, with being under the counsel of people yeah. who've been there and done that and can tell you that, Hey, you can make it through this. You can have victory. You already have the victory. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Hey Matt, why don't we, there's a couple 13? here to pick from. We'll do 13. Pick, pick which one you want to pick and let's, I want to do 13. I want to do 13. Here we go. Since right. Christmas is coming. Oh, we got a classic uh, one. I love it. Here. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole. Doesn't he? 
That's from Clarence the Angel in It's a Wonderful Life. Such um, a great quote. Love love that quote. Love that movie. Um, because the the whole movie is about uh, the difference one man can make. Um, he doesn't feel like he's he's significant. He's made any kind of a difference. And um, you know, God God sends him this angel. And uh, man, hopefully, you know, I, I think about Clarence and thinking surely angels are a little uh, smarter than that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that movie may be one of the darkest, and not just because it's in black and white, but one of the just darkest Christmas movies apart from like, you know, the Christmas yeah, carol or something like that. But it you don't walk away with that. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But the the premise is yeah. just like super, super <laughs> difficult. But we just never know that. And we never yeah. know the the impact that we make on other people. And yeah. and um and who hasn't thought that at one time that you know, maybe maybe life would be better off if, you know, people people's life would be better off if I wasn't here. Um, yeah. you know, and and just realizing that you you matter and yeah. you matter to so many people and more importantly you you matter to God and and um and on, yeah, so I love that quote. And so there's like a scale of really looking at this one in terms of your just very existence matters to people and yeah. to not really, you know, the thought of taking your life away and going, eh, it doesn't really matter. You're just in such a deep hole, but on like a a smaller scale too thinking, "Hey, eh, it doesn't matter if I go to church. I won't be missed." Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's a good point. Um, no, like you don't realize when you go to church, you're able to encourage somebody. You might be able to share something from your life perspective to like yeah. really help someone through or be a resource to someone who's going through a tough time. You miss out, but we miss out. We exactly. miss out by not having you here. You like think yeah. I might not miss out from anything, but no, they are missing out from you. You have something to contribute by being present with people at church. And I think people forget that, yeah. you know, just how much your presence matters. It's not just about what you can get from church. Church, yeah. And it's about what you're able to like put through that actually is truly satisfying. And here's a really remarkable thing. One, I've never seen this movie. Dun, dun, dun. That is remarkable. <laughs> Confession. But, is dude, no, this is the story. actual remarkable. Let's wait for Spielberg to remake um, Is you know, th- there, there's a secular way of looking at this quote, which is you know, how much can I maximize my life to mm. do this, this, and this? And the true reality is to look at it through a certain vein. Very few human beings will be remembered a, a century after they live. Right. I mean, think about the people when you go through history class. Think about the names you know from the 1800s. Now compare that with how many people lived in the 1800s. It's it's a fraction of people. I heard one person say a better mark is to think, how will I be remembered 20 years after my death when those who would still have known me mm-hmm. would still be alive, would still be what would be there. So there's a secular way of looking at it. That's how can I maximize all of my life and this, but then, but, and, and sometimes we can become like that. I think as believers uh, sure. in ministry is, is uh, the flip side. If one side is, oh, I don't matter. And, and what y'all have addressed is, Hey, but you do matter. Yeah. Another aspect is those who go, well, it's, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, without realizing I'm the key linchpin God, God's it's, this has got to be, blah, blah, blah. instead of realizing here's the real reality. The only reason any of us as believers leave a mark for eternity is because God's grace is sufficient and his power is perfected in our weakness. True that. It's, and, and here's what's also remarkable. God actually wants to use our lives to leave a mark for eternity. Mm-hmm. And, and when we as believers realize it's not about me, he must increase, I must decrease. It's not about me. It's not about the mark I make. It's not about the book deal I sign. It's not about how many people remember. It's about being faithful to him. And, and so I'm going to, but in being faithful to him, I'm going to present myself and say, Lord, I am a living sacrifice. Yeah. I am clay in your hands. 
Use me how you want to use me. Take me to lives you want to take. Here's the, the remarkable thing. God, by his grace, is going to take you, and he's going to use you to impact lives beyond what you could ever dream for eternity because that's who he is and what he did. And why, why, you know, the fact that he wants to include us in that is mind-blowing. And it, you yeah. know, it makes me think, like, right, we, we all know Billy Graham. But, but very few of us know the revivalist who was preaching the night Billy Graham got saved. Sure. And very few know that that revivalist worked with a guy who was named Billy Sunday that well, some of us who kind of know church history know that name. And if we would have been living back in his day, most of us would have known Billy Sunday. Great poor baseball player, came to faith in Christ, evangelist. He was led in faith by Christ by a guy who came to faith in Christ, Dwight L. Moody. And of course, Dwight L. Moody was the 1800s version of Billy Graham. But very few of us know the shoe cobbler who was a Sunday school teacher. In fact, I used his name as an example. I still don't remember his name. This was just a couple months ago. Um, shoe cobbler who taught a Sunday school class. Who a young man, he saw a young man he needed to invite. He chickened out, didn't go invite him. Really felt the spirit convict him. Said, Lord, please give me another opportunity. Saw him a while later, invited him to come to the Sunday school. The kid came. Ultimately, this shoe cobbler leads this young, this young teenager or sorry, he's not a shoe cobbler. The kid was a shoe. The, the kid was a shoe cobbler. He leads this kid to the Lord, and God uses him to be part of leading this kid to, to faith in Christ. And that kid's Dwight L. Moody. That's cool. You know. So the reality is, it, the, the scope of the whole as believers, we don't compare how 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 many people know our name. It's it's Lord, you want to use me to touch lives, lives that I'm going to be aware of, lives like you. That I'm never gonna be aware yeah. of. So it's that the seven degrees of heaven. Yeah. So the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon you know, kind of thing. Like you yeah. just don't know down the line how much impact you will have because of that one small thing of faithfulness. Yeah. yeah. Not about my name, but it's about making his yeah. name known. Absolutely. Well, that is a good place to wrap things up. Thank y'all for tuning in. Before we wrap things up, Matt, how are some like quick kind of bullet point ways we can pray for wisdom? Yeah, I think you know, just as a practical standpoint, just daily, uh, God, give me wisdom. But then the next step in that is, okay, go, go to the source of wisdom. Um, yeah. you know, go, go to God's word. Uh, and as you're, as you're looking at God's word, God, you know, show me what it is you want me to learn. And then, uh, taking that and, and applying that. And I think, uh, also God put people in my life that will point me towards wisdom, um, yeah. and help me to seek that out. Help me to seek out the, the, the wisdom of the wise or than the wisdom of the world. What we've shared yeah. with you today is the wisdom of the world. Uh, we've, we've given biblical wisdom, uh, to counter that. But, um, so, so much of society lives according to cultural wisdom or what's popular yeah. now. And, yeah. For us, uh, our, our wisdom comes straight from God and from his truth, the absolute truth. And so yeah. uh, praying that we'd be wise and discerning um, what's what's true. And, and when we hear things like this, holding it up to Scripture. But we have to know Scripture. We, yeah. And yeah. to know Scripture, we have to read Scripture. And um, so I, I think that those are some, um, some great places to start. And just... Throughout the day, Lord, show me what to do. Give me, give me wisdom. Confirm it, um, you know, through godly people that can uh, tell me where to go and, and uh, help me to know what I should do. I think also so. just praying for courage to yep. courage yeah. to yeah. actually adhere to the wisdom that God has given us. Yeah. I think it's even hard to say. Yeah, and I, and I think too to to, to put put the, put the bow on the Christmas present here because several of the quotes we looked at deal with the way we live our life and time. Is as we pray for wisdom, God, give me wisdom. And how I use my time. Sure. What relationships I prioritize. 
Who, mm. who do you want me to encourage today? Who do you want me to pray for today? Who should I write a note or send a text of encouragement to? Yeah. Um, or how, wisdom to put my phone down and actually be in the moment with yes. my kids. Guilty uh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to put the cricket sound, but that just happened. I mean, whatever. Oh, my God. You and your sound effects. Yeah, yeah you know. Let's, we, we better end this. Yes, yeah, yeah. let's do Well, thank you all so much for hanging with us, and hopefully this is beneficial to you, encouraging to you, challenging to you. Um, Pastor Wes, how can people listen? And hey, share? you can listen on all the normal platforms you want to listen to a podcast on. And if you got questions, you got things you're curious about, or I'm mad ask for some Christmas comments, feel free to leave us a comment in the comment sections, or you can go through the church website, get our emails, uh, or you can come visit us, or maybe your church family member, and you can come catch us on a Sunday, Wednesday, whenever. We'd love to hear from you. For sure. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we will actually you get to listen to us on a Thanksgiving episode here really soon. Thursdays on Tuesdays. How about that? Sounds good. (laughs) See you then. See you then. Bye.